Hi guys, welcome to the next Model Me podcast. This is Model Me, which is designed to educate and empower creatives and models. I'm Natasha, director and founder. We primarily run through physical spaces in London. We do fitness events, panel talks and educational workshops, but we do a podcast so that everyone all over the world can listen and really connect with what we're doing here in London. So by no means are we just um, loyal to the one city. This is something that we want to do all over the world. And last year we did four events in America. So definitely keep an eye out for us we really want to bring a podcast to you that will dive in with different topics things that are really important it's really important for us as a brand to talk about things that really matter so we recently had an event called creating a sustainable lifestyle which we actually hosted at red bull so complete honor to do it with such a huge brand like red bull and they were so supportive of what we're doing and we actually managed to get seven different ceos from different companies each in their own right doing something really incredible to impact the sustainability sector of the world let's say so today i have james mcmaster who is ceo of the brand huel which i'm sure if you haven't seen um you clearly haven't looked at model me's page long enough because we are <laughs> a proud 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 um, company to be partnered with someone like Huel who obviously is massive and little old model me is just something that we're trying to impact our community in our right now small way but my vision is quite large so we're definitely going to grow but hi James and hi. thank you for coming on our podcast pleasure pleasure it's, it's interesting he's a little little old me now but you know, <laughs> Huel's only four years old and, mm. and every single month we grow and get bigger and more countries and more products and more people that work with us that it wasn't long ago that we were a small group of people yeah. trying to find our way and, and, and even now we're still in the grand scheme of things a pretty tiny brand in, wow. in, in the global environment. Is that quite overwhelming sometimes to see that change and be like oh my gosh we're growing so quick like how do we maintain this like integrity as a brand? Um, so I think in the early days so I, I've been with you for two years mm. and when I've when, I f when people first say what do you do I would, I would sort of say oh well there's a brand called Huel and here's what we do and then now ordinarily I'll say oh well I work at Huel and, yeah. and actually people know it more so it's just an exponential change there of wow. recognition of, of what people know about us. What do you think are one of the biggest factors of your growth has been? A couple of key ones. So for us, it probably goes back to mission. So what, why, why does Huel exist in the first place? Mm -hmm. And it's to create nutritionally complete food mm -hmm. that's convenient, affordable, and minimal impact on animals and the environment. So and good. all of those factors are a real sweet spot for where we are recording this in 2019. So people want to, um, people want to, people are obese and overweight. Mm. They want to, they want to understand what they're putting in their mouths that can help them not be, not be quite so unhealthy. Mm. Um, people are working longer hours than they ever have done and they, and they need to kind of squeeze their, their food in. How do they eat well, but eat quickly? Mm. Um, people, um, cost of living is going up and up and up and, and fuel is a good way to save money. And then finally, there's a way of understanding your impact of what you eat has on the environment. So, um, meat consumption's down by about 26% at the moment in, wow. in most kind of developed countries because people go, hey, hey, you know what? Like, I don't need to have meat every single meal and create the greenhouse gases that that creates. So, um, yeah, all of those factors work, and then people go, you know, fuel is a very easy way to to um, tickle those boxes. Yeah, wow, it's so interesting. I definitely think. I mean, I, I said this when I spoke to the guys from Ocean Bowl. Like, it feels like this year we have, like, what's the right word? 
I suppose escalated into a sustainability awareness as human beings I feel like everybody is on the tip of your tongue all the time you can't really go you know even a week for me it's a day but for a lot of people a week without really thinking about the impact that you know something you might do on a certain thing like now I've started to think about where I shop and how much plastic there is when there's shop and I'm like oh my gosh and sometimes I find it quite overwhelming you know to be trying to like be sustainable in every area of my life that when I find a, pro- a brand or a product that really is just me making it simple for me from many different areas and not just you know sustainability but also me from a health perspective like I find that oh like I just breathe a bit of a sigh of relief right and obviously that was a big thing for you when you released the ready to drink product right so obviously I never tried it actually as a powder and now I have the ready to drink I'm a bit like do I need the powder in my life like do I want that because I love the ready to drink so much how do you think they differ in terms of taste is it because you could really manipulate the powder to however you want it to be so the, the powder was the launch product four years ago mm. and you could argue it's the most environmentally friendly mm. in that you, you each bag's got 14 meals in it for a 1.75 kilo bag so good. and you just need to add water and you, you shake it up and the main ingredients are pea and oats and rice and and flax seeds and and you mix them together and, and that's that's what we would say nutritionally, nutritionally complete i.e. it's got everything you need to live on in terms of your uh, your macros so protein carbohydrates fatty acids and fiber and your micros i.e. your 26 vitamins and minerals that we will need to to survive so so good uh, it's it's really all you need to do you can have it in your office desk you can make it at home you can put it in a blender you can make it in a, in a shake it's really really versatile and it works at about £1.50 per meal so it's good value for money and mm. it's simple it's easy and it's really environmentally friendly um, the, the ready shrink bottle we launched six months ago that is a you could argue more convenient choice because all you need to do is unscrew the lid and drink it yeah um, it's, a, it's a slightly smoother texture um, some people will already keep it in their fridge so that when they drink it, it's already cold. And yeah, most me. people like cold, cold things. Mm. So I think we're, we're adding in new people around the world who otherwise wouldn't have the powder. Mm. And equally, some people who like powder are also buying the Ready Drink bottle because it's a way of topping up. So they might be like super busy one day, yeah. running out of the house, want to bring it with them, and they don't want to kind of bring the shaker and, and mix it or they've forgotten to do it all. So just hitting sort of slightly different audiences. Yeah, and it's important to do that as a brand, right? So that you're like making sure different areas of people's lives, I suppose, are covered as well as different um, people because some people can't be bothered to make a protein shake at home, right? So if they've never made a protein shake, they're probably going to never make a powder shake with fuel. So for me, as much as I love a protein shake at home, at the same time, the ready-to-drink for me as fuel as an option is such a good thing for me to run out the door with. And I do it at least three days a week, I think. If I'm like okay I got up a bit too late for my workout class and normally that's kind of me in the morning I get up get ready and just leave straight away and right, go to the gym right. and if I haven't got time to make a shake or perhaps I am just what's quite nice is I know the flavour that I'm going to get with Huel whereas when you make your own thing at home it, it can kind of change depending on the milk or, or anything just small simple things but with Huel it's like every day I know what I'm going to get like if I was going to have that every morning and I quite like the consistency that it brings me as well and actually I find it makes me a lot um, more fuller than yep. any of the protein shakes I ever have. And I have, you know, I'm sport for choice in the sense that I have tried a lot of different proteins, but that's kind of, for me, the biggest difference in terms of, like, when I actually eat uh, Huel. It's very different to when I have a protein shake because of how I feel. Well, it's interesting, when people... So there's definitely a sort of, like, a... Uh, Huel is a new way of eating, mm. and for most people, it's... A, it's a, it, it, it's um, 
it's like anything new it takes a bit of time for them to get used to it and to want to actually try it yeah so I, exactly. think it's, I think it's definitely sort of early adopters now and sort of people willing to give new ways of eating a go so i think with the powder that's maybe more of a stretch for some people in that you're saying hey hang on you're taking a powder you're mixing it with a liquid usually water and you're having that as your your, your meal your, mm. your breakfast your, your lunch usually and those who can get past that barrier they absolutely love it yeah for, for some people the the pre-mixed drink is an easier barrier because you don't actually see the powder you just yeah. see the the mixed liquid but um if you have i think on the powder front you've got more ability to hack it to be what you want it to be so some people might like two two, two scoops some people might want more calories than having um three scoops or you might want to add in your own flavor we do an un- unflavored unsweetened version mm. so you might want to add in your own flavoring to it or you know, it's actually quite hard to to kind of navigate the nuances of how to make something taste the way you want it to but mm. pe- people like mixing berries or a banana but well, you can blender, make a porridge so. too right yeah p- pancakes people this make is pancakes something i'm very porridge. much looking forward to experimenting with because i'm <laughs> such a porridge fan when it comes like as soon as september comes i'm like porridge every day until like february like yeah. i'm a bit crazy like that so for me when i got my huel, my powder heel through the press i was like porridge that is how I'm going to make my huel because I'm so in love with the ready to drink, you know? So yeah, yeah that's really cool. Like, it is nice that you can manipulate the flavor, I think. And it's important as a product to be able to do that, right? Yeah. And, we've, and actually, so, you know, not too long ago, it was mainly our vanilla as a flavor on the powder. Right. And now we've got mint chocolate and berry mm. and coffee and actually a chocolate. And we've got another flavor coming out in um, the next month. So people wow. people like that variety. And I think particularly if people have been having it more and they're getting into, into huel, they don't just want to have uh, vanilla huel every single day. Some people do. They, they like the fact they're not having to think. And that, that's something that drives, um, drives people um, having us in the first place is mm. if you are an average person, you're probably having three meals a day, seven days a week, plus you're having snacks on top usually. Mm. But if you just take the meals, that's 21 meals a week. Mm. Do you really want to think about every single one? What are you going to have? Where are you going to buy the ingredients? Are you going to cook it all? Are you going to do the washing up afterwards? It's just too many choices. So if yeah. you think about me as an example, I will have fuel breakfast and lunch during the working week, Monday to Friday, and I don't have to think about anything. Mm. And that's just super easy. So yeah, sometimes people don't want to think about it at all. Sometimes people want to have a little bit of variety within their within their fuel. So. so how was it building a brand with Julian? Because obviously Julian is someone that built this brand, right? So he's the founder. He's mm-hmm. the one that created this for two years. Like it was his baby. I mean, of course, it's still his baby. But then obviously you came on board. So how did you meet? Was someone recommend you? Did you apply for the job? Um, so he found me on LinkedIn, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> and actually, that, that sort of kept that, that theme has carried on the whole way through. So we do a lot of recruiting through LinkedIn. Oh, wow. And I think he's... Um, he, he's really into it and um, I am too and there's a lot of people we, we've hired in the last couple of years where either he's found or I found or someone else on the team and you sort of feel like what's the type of background you want and you're connected to certain people and, mm. you, and it's, it's a really good way of finding people so yeah he, he his, his background was um, um, very much into e-commerce and, and online marketing mm. and um, I was much more background into food brands so I spent the last uh, sort of 10, 15 years doing food and drink brands. Interesting. So it's quite a nice mix and with different different strengths and weaknesses that complement quite well. So yeah, it just sort of, he, he did it really as, as a as a sort of lifestyle business and as a right. hobby. So he, he had a previous business that was very successful and he, he sold it and was sort of looking for something just to kind of keep him busy really and wanted mm. to do a couple of days a week of work. And then, you know, a lot of, lot of hard work went into it and then suddenly he launches and it took off and, wow. and, and it went, went went a bit nuts and then he you know contacted me um, all via LinkedIn and we met up a few times and talked about it over, over a few months 
and then felt like a perfect mix of my background and his background and, and very different personalities as well and, um, and obviously we've got James Collier um, he's the other co-founder and, and he's, he's got a background in nutrition and, and he's, the, he's the genius behind, um, behind the recipe as well so wow. we've got a real mix of people I think when you've got a business that's growing that quickly and you're doing something quite disruptive mm. it's very rare you've got one person sort of leading it and, and doing it all on their own it's, it's quite yeah. it can be quite lonely and there's just so much going on yeah. so there's sort of us as a gang and we've got um, a real amazing group of people around the world now we're coming up to 100 people who work at Huel so good um, mainly mainly based in the, the UK and the US and um, yeah and they all they all contribute to making it a big success That's so good how do you find the Americans and the the Americans and the Brits? I mean, I suppose in the UK you've probably got people from all over the world working for you here. Uh, we do, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just that's how I feel the UK is, especially London, right? You're just on the outskirts. We're in, yeah, we're in Hertfordshire, about okay, sort of wow. forty minutes north of London. Gosh, I bet you've got really nice scenery outside the office window. Well, it's funny actually because most of the offices I've worked in have been in London, and obviously rent is very high mm. in London. Whereas out in the kind of countryside, it's really really good value. So we've got a lovely big office with lots of space for, for much less than even a small office in, in London. So yeah. we've even got a, a gym in the office oh because we had all the spare space. And we, we bought some secondhand gym gear, kitted it out, and we've got some showers being um, finished this week. So from a, from a team point of view in, in HQ, it's just an amazing space. And wow. you, you just couldn't do that in London unless you're paying millions of pounds in rent. And we, we don't have the money to do that, so yeah, I wouldn't do that. It's <laughs> a lot, it's a lot. It's funny because... Yeah, I'm, I was about to say something that I definitely shouldn't say on a podcast, so I'll, I'll okay, talk about it after. <laughs> it's, a, it's like a top secret thing, but I know I can tell you after. Um, but so how did you, like, from a team perspective then, how, how many people were there when you joined? Did you uh, say there was... We're about 20-odd. Okay, so Julian kind of had an idea of how he wanted the team to run and the infrastructure of the business from a people perspective, right? So how have you built that? And like, what are your like core things as a, as a team, really? And do you believe that having such a strong infrastructure and how you treat the staff and stuff, do you believe that that has a difference on um, the success as a brand? Hugely. So I, I, I was very lucky and I spent five years working for a wonderful children's food company called Ella's Kitchen. Oh, and I love that brand. Yeah, it's, it's, and, and we, we, you know, I kind of grew up with it effectively in terms of me as a person working in a business. And um, our, Is that a British brand? A British brand, but now around the world. Um, wow. And Paul, the founder, he was very um, mission-focused and very culturally um, and values-focused. So that mm. rubbed off me in a massive way. And then mm. when I came into... Huel, we, um, you know, Julian's got a very similar mindset, so we kind of work together on how do we, how do we make sure that all the great culture that we had from both the very beginning and as, as it started growing, how do we keep that and scale it? Mm. The problem is when you have lots of new people and you have lots of offices, how do you make that happen? And you know, I don't think we get it perfectly right, but we spent a lot of time on it. So we actually wrote a culture book. Oh, cool! Which took about a year. And um, and and it, it's probably a bit too long. It's about sixty pages long. Um, <laughs> it's mainly sort of like small words and pictures and stuff. And, and actually, every new recruit um, who joins, they they get walked through it and we talk about it. And we've actually got all our our values. We don't say values. We say how to be a hooligan. Wow, that's, that's love it. on the wall around the offices. And we've actually got a little um, metal card with everything printed printed on it as well. So we spend a lot of time on it. And we do a. Uh, team survey every six months where I ask people loads and loads of questions and scores and data and, and literally I spent a few hours yesterday going going through it again and trying to work out okay so the, for the next phase of growth and the growing pains what do we need to do differently and better because having a team of 100 people across 
offices around the world is very different to one team of, of 20 in, in the, in the sure. office two years ago, right? Right. Wow. It's crazy. It's Did you ever yeah. think it would get to 100 people in two years after uh, joining at 20? Yeah, because that was the plan, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, we've got, so we, we think we'll be um, about sort of two, three hundred people in, in the next couple of years. And oh, my gosh, we always wow. wanted to go um, into different markets around the world. So we, we sell to about 80 countries around the world now. There's about 10 that we, we, we spend most of our energy on. Mm. And that means diff- we've got lots of different language speakers in the business, which mm. makes us quite diverse and, mm, and interesting. Good. And when you are doing direct consumer, you can be you can grow a bit quicker. So if, if we were a traditional brand where take our ready to drink bottle and we were trying to sell it in a store in different parts of the world, yeah. it might take you one to two years to get a particular retailer to go, yeah, I want you and this is the price we're going to pay to work okay, with wow. you and we'll give you five stores to begin with and maybe a hundred in a year's time if you do well. So actually by being direct consumer, you can you can just massively go past that from a speed point of view and that's, that's allowed us to grow very quickly. Wow. Oh my gosh. So... Was that like a choice that Julia made from the get-go? To be online? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Wow. Also, from us, you think about it from an, ex- we talk about customer experience a lot as a team. So if you think about it, when someone um, hears about us through either a friend or they see someone having it or they see someone wearing a cute t-shirt, um, they're, they're, they're then on our website and they're buying from us and that, that experience needs to be great. It mm. then needs to arrive really quickly to them they need to enjoy the products mm. they want to talk to us and we get a lot of people talking about nutrition and how do they use it and, and more questions that they want to get advice from so it's a more sort of detailed nutrition topic so we've got about 30 people around the world who work in our customer experience team and they do a phenomenal job at working with our, our customers that we call hooligans and um, yeah I love that name and then they and then we've got an account area and that we, we own that whole um link with the customer and therefore we hold them really tight and make yeah. sure that everything we do in the business basically revolves around how well people think we do as a customer experience so we're measuring data all the time we're asking the questions and, and is that easier to do when you run it all online yourself yes rather exactly. than through exactly. like a, going through Sainsbury's for example exactly so you don't really know that your direct consumer who your direct consumer is because yeah. it could be anybody and they can feed back to you and you can go well hang on they fed back to us we know they bought three three weeks and two days ago and we know which one they bought and we know information around them that we can help us do it and we know exactly what they're saying so that direct relationship is is magical for them too and saves them a lot of time and energy if they can keep going with us that way yeah I think it's really important now in today's world that you know it is somebody you know they're going to DM whoever on Instagram or they're going to send the email to the info at whatever and they're going to get a human response because as much as we are growing so much in technology and we're becoming more and more more digital like in every industry I think it's not just like one or two anymore at the same time I think the more that happens to us the more we crave the human connection more than ever and I know that for me from from the beginning from the get-go it's always been like okay I want to I want to get back to people um, quite quickly from a like a DM perspective like a lot of people used to come to model me it doesn't really happen anymore but a lot of people come to me model me and be like oh can you sign me I want to be a model right and naturally with the name model me that's what happens like people instantly think we're for, for models and we're an agency and actually we're not like it's the total opposite of that because we don't seclude and only pick certain people to work with which is essentially what an agency does and at one point a year ago I did kind of think you know we were really kind of thinking about what we were going to be I was really thinking oh maybe we will be an agency but actually I thought no I don't want to be an agency and now now I don't know but 
at one point for a while I thought I don't want to be an agency because instantly you're saying yes and no to people you're saying no to whoever you don't think should be in your agency and actually I want to be for everybody I want everyone everywhere to know that you're welcome and you can come and a lot of our events have people that aren't even in the creative industry sometimes like most of them I'd say 90% of people work in the creative industry people that come to our events but you get the odd person that's like a personal trainer and they're just they're not even a creative you know right. but they want to come because they know they're going to meet other people. They know what us as a brand represents and they know they're going to come with a positive feeling. And that's really important too, because again, human connection is super key. And people have said to me, why don't you do online events? And I'm like, well, I did a health business before Model Me. So I knew, I know how to do online events, like maybe, maybe better than physical ones because right. they're a lot simpler. They're a lot easier. You just kind of pick mm -hmm. a time and you show up and have a good background, you know? Um, but with online events, you, you still get a good connection, but nowhere near as much as you do in person. And for me, that's quite important to have that, you know, direct relationship with my consumer and people know that like Natasha is gonna to respond to you. And I do that a lot. And I think it's funny because it's Tim that runs your mm -hmm. social, right? Tim always replies to my, um, my crate. I put a heel on my story so much at the moment and it'll be like, if you model me off of my own and Tim's like, looks great. Oh my gosh. I'm like, hi Tim. And it's so fun because Tim spoke obviously at one of our events and shared why he loved working with Model Me and that was really amazing because I know the guy who I'm going to go and speak to on Instagram is Tim yep. and I think that from, that's a luxury though isn't it right it's right. a huge luxury but also I think the right brands do that you know what I mean so we so it's interesting like we, we talk internally about wherever the customer wants us we'll be there for them so mm, um, there was a particular uh, beauty brand last year that basically pulled off I think it was both Facebook Twitter and possibly even Instagram in the UK but they kept it in America and we talked about it internally saying wow we think that's crazy because if I'm a customer and I want to I want to talk to a brand that I'm buying product from if I want to call you great if I want to email you great if I want to DM you great if I want to WhatsApp you you know you're gonna have every different way and everyone's different right yeah different different backgrounds and demographics and ages and so we, we just say like wherever you want you actually um we've actually just tried live chat uh for the oh, first time cool. two weeks ago and we're getting really high net promoter scores we, we measure the net promoter score every time someone has an interaction with us wow and it actually is like the highest metric so far on live chat so there's something about that sort of immediacy and back and forth and whilst it's on whilst it's online rather than face to face course it'd be ideal for everyone to be face to face but you just can't you just can't yeah uh, and maybe like phone calls i remember when i first started working in in food um, um at, at goo desserts and most of our customers would actually write to us mm. so like actual letters i'm not that old but like letters right <laughs> like letters and phone calls Love were good by far the biggest and then you know you look at look at us now at huel it's it's um it's social mm. and an, an email and now turning on live chat I think live chat will grow for us but we get a bit of phone calls fine particularly when people want to kind of talk a bit more particular nutrition but other than that not that big oh so people will call you and be like okay so what about this from a nutritional point of yeah, view yeah here's my situation and I've been eating this oh, and wow. that so but, but you know and, and we have wonderful people wonderful team that can work with them on it but on the whole people are happy typing and getting responses and oh, the quicker yeah, the response so the better online aren't we like it's so much easier to do something like that. I mean, for me, um, I saw this hilarious meme the other day that made me laugh. Like, I have so many friends that hate phone calls. 
Right. Like, they hate them. And I'm like, no, I love a phone call. Like, pick up the phone and call me whenever you want. Like, and I should be careful where I say this, but <laughs> I, like, love it when someone picks up the phone and they take that time out of their day and they're like, yeah, I want to talk to you. Like, I'm going to give you a call now. And also, you get your answers very quickly, instantly. You don't have to sit and wait for someone to reply to your message or your email, whatever that might be. And it's like, I look how I feel when... And, it's funny because you have to remember as well that I'm not like everybody else. Like some people absolutely hate picking up the phone. So what I've tried to do, especially with like now we've got ambassadors with Model Me, tried to find out what their forms of communication are and where like the boundaries need to be set. Like, do you need to talk to me on email? Right. Is WhatsApp better for you? Do you want to sit and have coffee every two weeks? Like, how did, how is it for you and what is it that I can do? Because essentially, I totally agree with what you're saying. When you're doing something quite disruptive as a business one person it's just not enough there's not enough horsepower should we say and it's like now my friend Rebecca works really closely with my own business and I have a business partner too who really is it really is the reason that I even exist with Model Me because if it wasn't for him encouraging me last year I don't think I would be here but now we've got Rebecca and now I've got ambassadors and it's like I look at brands like you and I think, oh my gosh, you, you, okay, you envisioned having 80 more people in two years. And I'm like, wow, where will we be in two years? And it's really important to have your core structures. I love the culture book that you did because it's important from the get-go, right, to have certain structures in place so that when you grow, you're like, okay, we did this, we're ready. Well, the problem is if, so if someone joins tomorrow mm. and they sit down and they ask a question of how do we handle the following, they usually just ask the person next to them yeah. or the first person they know the best who happened to open the door for them or something. And actually, it, then you start having a really loose culture and it just changes completely. Mm. And, it, and what's, I'm not saying we're perfect by any means and we've got a lot of work to do, particularly in terms of around different offices around the world where it gets much harder to kind of keep it tight. But I think if I look at um, the, the offices in the UK, it's pretty tight. And, and when we do feedback from the teams, you, you get very similar responses about mm. all the great things we're doing, all the things we need to do better. And I think that comes from... Um, a, we do, I think, a, an incredible job in recruitment. We spend mm. a lot of time and energy on it. We've got a wonderful in-house team That's who so who fit in brilliantly. Um, we've got a, a cultural veto uh, um, part of the process. So if you are hiring someone, two other people who've got nothing to do with the actual role you're hiring for, they, they do a quick half an hour chat with whoever it is, completely just kind of informal, not sort of worky questions. And if they think that they're just not going to fit in culturally, they've got the ability to say no, they're not coming in. Wow. And, so and we've only had it like a few times where people have said said no, but it's it's really interesting like that that uh, autonomy and responsibility people have. The other thought I just had for you is when you talk about communication and mm. phone calls and WhatsApp and what you do. So we use Slack. Oh of course, yeah. I've I've used like slightly, not a lot. Well, I, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a bit of a love hate relationship with Slack. So it's really good when you can't see someone or someone's different part of the world and you don't need them to respond necessarily straight away and you can you can Slack them and then you can get back to your desk after meeting and you've got a, a back and forth conversation. So most of our team love it and I think something like ninety percent of our messages are between individuals going around the business. So it's wow. a brilliant way of enabling people to get stuff done and mm. I think we can move faster by using things like Slack. However, what it means is sometimes you'll you'll hear someone saying they're slacking someone who's literally 20 feet across the way. And if mm. they just got up and talked to them, they mm. can probably solve something a bit quicker mm. just by having a two-way conversation for a few minutes rather than sort of a half an hour slack conversation ad hoc. So I don't know, maybe we need to work out for us at Huel whether slack is something we, we evolve and have a, a few more kind of guidance on, you know, hey, people... Like a call walk, to book for slack. Well, maybe, but yeah. I don't know. No, it's more just... 
get up and talk to people sometimes is sort yeah. of my, my mantra and I, 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 when I do inductions I, I tell people that as well um, but it, it, it is really amazing as well for how people can do it and also from a, from a kind of virtual culture mm. there's a lot of great banter on there and you get people someone in in New York and someone in London and someone in our in our head office all having the same um, same humour mm. about particular things that happened in the business that day or a person and you know it's just lovely to, to have that and without clogging up your email and email email kind of pressure is mental people yeah. get you know, mental, mental health is a huge thing yeah. in the working environment now much higher awareness than it used to be and yeah, actually historically it's been sort of how do I keep up my emails and I've come back from work from holiday sorry and I've got 500 emails how do I ever cope and I think Slack allows you to kind of see that a bit more, and you can you can actively see that someone's not um, they're on holiday on the on the icon next to it. So oh, okay, communicating good. in the, in a growing business and how we or the benefits we've got of different platforms is a, is a huge growth area and something that we're just going to keep spending more time on. How do we how do we get it perfectly right? Wow, so interesting. So it's been a bit like how your team are looked after. That's really important for you guys. Massively, I think if they if they feel looked after, if they feel happy, and um, everyone works well together, then ultimately we'll do a better job for our customers. Mm. Um, I think when you're hiring, so, you know, most of our fuel journey, we've been hiring about one person every week. Wow! And integrating and onboarding them is is huge. So we yeah. we now do a one week onboarding. And we decided that anyone who's joining um, any office spends their sort of either their first or second week. They spend a whole week in HQ, and going through product inductions and tone of voice of the brand, and they're kind of mixing up products and they're they're on customer service and 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 looking at what customers are actually saying, responding a few times, and sort of getting a feel for every part of the business because we think that means they'll be faster at getting up to speed. Mm. And if you're joining a business and it's a bit of a bit of an escalator and, and actually if, if you can't jump on it you're going you're gonna to crash and burn yeah, so we want to just help everyone which is all about all about having a great onboarding process so we spend a huge amount of time on, on A recruitment and B onboarding wow my gosh and so like obviously your tone of voice that was something we spoke about on the panel event um, which I have to tell you, you were so amazing. You blew so many people away. I've had non-stop compliments with how grateful they are with the words of wisdom that you guys shared, especially on that final panel. I think, you know, you three came from totally different angles, but also from a perspective where, and this is why I really like you really, is you have this kind of attitude behind what you say. And What, what was the word you used? Sassy. Um, you have sassy. this sassy attitude, but also something that's quite needed in today's world. However, what I like about you is you're very you're very positive led and you're not someone that kind of you know there's a lot of brands out there and I don't want to name and shame anybody but there's a lot of brands out there like oh my god this is really bad let's just like ah, and it's like like this hate parade right and in fact if anything Huel has nothing but a positive message behind it they're like look this is better for you and it's better for this and that and this and that in every other way and you have such a thought-led process behind it that you for me you can just totally tell that you have a business that all works together quite well like I'm not surprised that your team yeah. are quite friendly with each other I, th- I think it's the I think it's the fear of the unknown so mm. when f- when people on average hear about Huel they, they they probably think it's a little bit weird <laughs> this, this powder that you mix up and that's your meal and what I think do with that? <laughs> yeah so you know we get haters and 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 you know I sort of feel people because they, they just you know might be they, those same people in five years time or one year's time or six months time whatever might be actually be buying fuel and yeah. be evangelical about it be your biggest fan but what happens is people want to go and go oh that's, that can't be right I'll stick to my you know my steak for lunch or whatever they want to talk about and actually what happens is I think in the early days we were very 
um, we respond to every single message or, or our, our aim is to respond to every single one. There are lots of them, so I think we do a pretty good job with it, but it's quite hard to keep under control. But we respond to everyone and we are very open and we're, we're very transparent, but we've, we've actually become a bit sassy, a bit witty, because some of the sort of... Um, grenades that people throw at us we sort of go well we're throwing the back at you because actually most people are actually fairly uninformed and we'll try and create a little bit of um a bit banter. of interest and in yeah. banter about it. actually when what happens now is that most of our our customers they they will come back and sort of fight on our behalf and then what's funny actually is when people want to keep responding back and forth what they you know what they don't necessarily realize is that actually helps the engagement mm. of whatever the post <laughs> is and it makes it even more viral so yeah, we've got a good. huge amount of 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 conversations happening on social which is the wonderful melting pot and we're, we're very factual with what we say yeah. we're very proud of what we have as a product and as a brand and we've got a wonderful really team really back it up um, yeah and we really really talk, talk the talk yeah it's good how do you find that like what's the future for you obviously there's certain things you're not going to be able to say um, because we've got launches but like what's the where do you see yourself growing with I mean do you think people are going to become do you think more people are going to become vegan basically do you think it's a trend? Do you think it's something that's really going to last and stay? And do you think Huel has a big part of that? So we've we've grown very quickly. Probably data-wise, probably the fastest growing company in the UK right now. Yes. Based in the UK. Yes. We've grown internationally very quickly. We've grown different product types, and we've grown with lots of new um, staff and also lots of new people who um, are having our product. So all of those things have grown. In, 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 the, in the wider world we're still tiny tiny and the number of people who have ever tried Huel is still quite small so we, we could and should be this giant global brand and we are trying to create a category that we call complete food and spread the word and evolve really quickly there so if you look at why people actually buy Huel when we ask customers the number two number one number two things that they say are I buy it for better nutrition mm-hmm. and I buy it because it's really convenient mm. and those two trends are not going away yeah. Pe- yeah, I think 69% of the world is, is obese or overweight yeah. it's leading to higher rates of cancer diabetes Pe- it's going to have to change and yeah. fuel is a simple way of doing that and from a convenience point of view we're only we're all rushing around trying to get more stuff into our day social media there's good and bad points to it but on mm. from a social front it does mean you are sort of always on and yeah you're always contactable so everyone's sort of trying to squeeze more in so i think that's not going away on the on the vegan element it's definitely a part part of the brand and plant-based eating is is um, a massively growing trend we have people who are actually 100 percent vegan um and we do you know really really proud of of them backing us and we also have people who are traditionally more meat eaters or, mm. or dairy consumers and for them fuel is a way of even if it's like one meal a week yeah. they would have otherwise had meat or dairy yeah they are reducing their greenhouse gas impact on the world yeah and the you know it's funny you hear a lot about transport and actually the greenhouse gases coming from food and drink consumption is bigger than the greenhouse gases coming from all of the world's transportation systems combined. So, of course, we should spend lots of time and energy on it. But if yeah. everyone just had fuel every day for one meal a day, it'd make a huge impact on, yeah. on greenhouse gases. So, for us, we're very proud that we're creating a sustainable movement where people can feel uh, that they're, they're, they know that their food choices can create a lower carbon footprint in their lives. Um, and that's something we're really proud of and we've got um, we're actually measuring our carbon footprint at the moment that's so good um, we know it's we know it's low 
but if we can kind of start talking compare about it, it and compare yeah. it, it gives you a bit more of a conversation for, for people. But And you're ticking more than one box, right? You're not just the healthy box anymore. Now you're going to be ticking this, okay, look, your carbon footprint is totally different and dramatically different to what would be a beef sandwich, you know, for example. So I think that actually it's, it's really important too as a brand, in my opinion, in today's world. Like for me as a brand, I think, how can I not care? Like how can I not talk about sustainability? And it's like... You know, I never would have guessed six months ago that we would have done a creating a sustainable lifestyle event. Like, I, I did not, that wasn't on my radar, you know? It was like, okay, let's do stuff for photographers, let's do stuff for makeup artists, for, you know, art directors. And if anything, we've done stuff for sustainability instead because, you know, when we started to build our goodie bags, and she was one of our day one, um, day one, day one partners for our goodie bags. So I'm really, really, really just so grateful. And I'll never forget the first event that we did was actually, um, first event that I had Huel in was actually on my birthday. Okay. So it was April 26th and we, obviously our day I'll never forget. And I'll never forget, people were excited. And I, we had, I think, 16 people in, the, it was a fitness class. So we had 16 people in the class. And people were excited. They were like, oh, Huel, I've wanted to try this or I've had this before. And then you had about, and I would say it was about 60% of the guests that came had heard of or had Huel before. And the others were like, don't know what it is. I've seen it, the brand maybe. Some people were like, I've seen the brand, but I've never tried it. Or I've seen it because you now talk about it. And I think that what I really love that we're, that people are so saying more on me with them now is that like, they associate us with being a brand, being partnered with a brand that really cares, not just from a one, um, what's the word? Like a one dimension, one dimensional sense anymore. Mm -hmm. And we as a brand can't do that. You know, you as a brand, obviously you think you can't do that too. And I think, brands now in today's world you can't be one brand that just does one thing people need to look at you and go well how many boxes are you ticking and what are you doing in many different elements from a sustainable point of view or for me from an empowering point of view like and that's why doing a sustainable event was really important for me and actually I want to do another one within six months because the feedback we've had has been so incredible and so like oh my gosh I didn't realize that model me would talk about those things and that's why I made a post that basically said we talk about things that really matter because when you get that ideology into people's heads oh, okay model me talks about things that people that things that really matter that must mean that they talk about sustainability because that's really important for today like in this world so i love that you are really doing stuff that really can implement people's lives in a small simple way and individually like i was going to ask you you know what can we do individually to just have you know look like a small impact to us but it actually makes a big impact over time and you literally said it you know have fuel once a week even right if you don't even want to have it every day ideally a few more times <laughs> <laughs> ideally more, more than once but, a week but I yeah agree. so like i think so i remember not not a couple of years ago maybe i went to some friends for dinner and they said oh well, yeah um we do meat free mondays i've never heard of that phrase before right i remember that and now it's sort of like people still do it but it's evolved to another level where meat free mondays might be one meal two meals and you've got the whole seven days so it's almost if you think about it as it can't just be about one day of the week mm, and i can't. think yeah and i I, th I think about it as um and we talk about it internally actually like what a meal what, what's the purpose of a meal mm. and primarily it is nutrition yeah but the way the world's evolved and and it's, it's sort of become a bit uh, more gluttony and that's yeah. why we've got obesity as a problem and and Agreed. we've got a challenge where the world is about seven billion people now and it's going to become 10 billion people in 2050 mm. not long away how do you feed everyone big it's a big it's deal true. right especially if, if some people in the world are overeating some people in the world don't have enough food and if the food we are eating is destruct causing destruction in the planet and greenhouse gases are causing global warming 
and I think something like the safe limit in the next 30 years for um, the Earth's temperature is something like one degree increase or something, but basically it should be zero. But to achieve that, we need to reduce greenhouse gases by 75%. Oh my God. And, you know, we're talking about cars and transportation, how we can do that. Um, but ultimately, food is probably the easiest way of doing it. Yeah. Because we all eat all the time. And 100%. I just think that not enough people are aware of their food choices and the greenhouse 100%. gas impact. And it's just starting to happen. And you've got really wonderful brands doing sort of plant based burgers and dairy free milks and yeah. it's, it's all expanding really quickly and, yeah. and we fit in that that same gang where we're a simple way and actually sometimes on a Friday night or a Saturday night or the weekend of course you want to go out with friends and family and actually spend time as an eating occasion where you're just having fun yeah um, do you know what on a Monday lunchtime is that all about fun and, and time not really right it should be about speed and nutrition getting your day getting home to have fun or see your friends and family in the evening so that, that's why I think we do particularly well during the during the working week. Mm, wow. Okay. Oh my gosh. So what's next really for Huel is you've obviously you're trying to find out this carbon footprint research thing, right? Right. Um, and then did you release the chocolate flavor in America? We launched. Yes, we did. Because uh, my friend went, I want a chocolate one, and I went. Hugh's coming. Don't worry about it. You've got it in America. That means we're going to get it soon. Coming very soon. Very oh soon. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. Good. Good. And it's 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 uh, already our top seller in terms of flavours oh so yeah it's going to be a biggie there was literally Rebecca the girl that works for me on my business right. it was her that said it she was like you know I love the vanilla but I really want them to have a chocolate I know, and I was like hun it's coming don't worry <laughs> so yeah so everyone's going to be crazy coming. for the chalk okay yeah. wow I love yeah. that awesome well thank you so much for this I think I could trying to limit I'm not going to ask you anything else I'm like no 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 come on keep a lid um, but thank you that was so insightful we learned a lot I think as a business um, I've definitely I'm like want to take notes but I'm going to listen back instead um, <laughs> and from a sustainability point of view you know I think it's really important that we do from a health perspective a planet perspective we all need to care just 1% more what that 1% can do every day like for me six months ago I wasn't where I am now you know and I was vegan for three years but now I I'm back in this space where I'm actually more flexitarian and I didn't know I'd consider that again in my life you know a year ago mm -hmm. so I think definitely never um, underestimate the change that one small thing in your life can have over a week a month a year um, and definitely for me I think being associated with Huel as model me is such an honor I feel so humbled that we get to sit and have this conversation and so grateful for all the support you've given us and my pleasure it's been a lot of fun and we're proud to support you oh love it love it so much thank you so much um so Huel's website is Huel.com Huel.com H very simple and the Instagram is Huel yep it's very simple um, model me is as model me mission.com and our Instagram again is model underscore me so look forward to hearing how you guys found this podcast and supporting Huel even more